Welcome to the Locking Castle podcast. This Sunday morning's teaching was given as part of the wonderful series. Hi everyone. I have to say that at the beginning of the service I was quite chill, but as it's gone on I'm really hyper now. I'm right with Andy. <laughs> like, whoa. Um, and like one of the main reasons is because like this like what I'm going to say now is not come easy to me like quite often when I've preached there's been something I've definitely wanted to like let you all know that I think God's saying and this um it was like can you fit this and this and this together and I was like um maybe Uh, (laughs) uh, but actually God's been really great and I've learned a lot through it but what's been a more (laughs) absolutely amazing about this morning is I actually don't need to preach really because Everyone who stood up about testimonies, you've pretty much done my preach for me. Thank you very much. I can just go now. You don't need to hear what I have to say. But especially you, Jamie, it's like, ooh, I was like, whoa. Anyway, hence me being hyper. I'll try and calm it down. (laughs) So today is the first Sunday in Advent. And this year, we are looking at Advent through the lens of Isaiah, the famous verse in chapter 9, verse 8. Um, which is all about how wonderful he is. How amazing is that wonderful? Oh my God, I was walking from the train station the other night when Andy was putting the lights up and I was like, wow, isn't that amazing? We've got that amazing kind of sense of wonder and awe from something that is really beautiful. But actually, Jesus is the wonderful one that is beautiful and amazing and awestruckly wonderful. So that verse is... For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So you know, Jesus is wonderful, and we come into his presence, and we feel his spirit, and there's an awe and a wonder about that. And as we are preparing our hearts to meet Jesus, as a baby at Christmas, something that really is quite unfathomable and makes us just in awe of what God does in order to help us to, create, to have this connection with God. Like, that is just amazing. And, and like, throughout Advent, all of these different characteristics that we're going to hear about, we'll just, I'm, I'm, my prayer is that it just opens up such a joy in our hearts and an amazement so that when we get to Christmas, when we get to that point, we're just so full of God's love and spirit and holiness and wonder that it is just the best Christmas we've ever had. I would love that. So I'm going to focus on the first one of these today, Wonderful Counselor. Now, a counsellor, if you look in a definition um, in, a, in a dictionary, has, there's like three things that kind of go against a counsellor's, like what it is. And the first one is if you're in a need to, to kind of sort through a problem in your life or something that's happened in your life, something that has like had an impact on the life, you can go to a counsellor. The counsellor will just listen to you, speak that through. They'll guide you through your experience and help you come out at the other side, or at least that's my experience of it. A counsellor is also like an advisor. So so you might think about in the government, someone like counselling or advising the government on a decision that might be made. And definitely throughout the Old Testament, when the word counsellor is used, it's often like a counsellor to one of the kings of um, Israel and Judah. 
And then the third one, which if you've watched way too many American teen movies, is uh, your summer camp counselor. <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, that's something as well, which is like another experience of like that we hear that word. Now, my, my thoughts on this is that actually God is all three of these. I never thought in a million years I would compare Jesus to a camp counselor from a summer camp. But, but here we are. Um, so, uh, you know, Jesus, he's someone that we can go to and talk through our experiences and find a, a place where we can move forward in that experience. He is someone that we can go to for advice and he can help us and guide us to the next step of what we need to do. And also, he's someone who looks after our safety and who takes us on this weird adventure doing things we never thought we'd do, like high ropes. Who, who thought that was a good idea? <laughs> you know, um, it's easy, though, to follow the wrong kind of counsellor. And in the Old Testament, as I mentioned before, you just have to read through like Kings and Chronicles, and you'll have like a really good counselor to the king, and then you'll have a really, really bad counselor to the king. Like it's so easy to be given the wrong advice or the advice that is just going to take you in a totally wrong direction away from what God's plan is for your life. So, you know, we really need to be mindful of who is influencing us and who we are going to for that advice and to be led forward in our lives. And it's Jesus. Jesus is the perfect counselor. He's everything that we need. And he's got exactly the right path for us to follow. Now, it might not be the path we want to follow, but it is a path that is, you know, leading towards the kingdom at the end of the day. The thing that we maybe like long for but don't understand, like that is where Jesus is leading us to. And that isn't always the easy option. And it might be easier to think about the counselor who's saying, ah, don't do that, do this instead. And that's something we really need to be mindful of. So how does this link to Mary and Joseph? (laughs) Well, actually, I think it's a really good example of showing the ways that Jesus turns up for us as a counselor through their story. So we're just going to go, we're going to imagine... We're Mary, and we're sitting one day in our house, and then all of a sudden, an angel appears. Now, I've not seen an angel, but what I've read about them in the Bible, I'm not entirely sure that I really want to. They're a bit scary sounding. And like, honestly, like I think it must just be so amazing to be in a room, and suddenly there's this being there that is like nothing you've ever seen before. Like, the most like unthought of, like, I mean, it's wheels and there's eyes and there's, yeah, but also light. Like, anyone would be in fear of that presence suddenly being in their life. I would be. I'm sure everybody else would be. And so, like, it's not a surprise when he says to Mary, you know, don't be afraid. (laughs) And Mary's like, what? You know, like, All of a sudden, Mary's life has been like turned upside down and she has no idea what's going on. But Jesus sends this, you know, part of the message that Jesus brings is actually 
the presence of the angel. Like that's something, you know, um, so me and Dave have talked a lot recently about favor. <laughs> you know, we, it says in the passage later on, you know, you are highly favored. <laughs> it's like, that sounds great. I want to be favored until you actually realize what favored means. For Mary, that means you're going to have a baby that, you know, everybody's going to think, isn't right, <laughs> you know, there's, there's a lot about favor that isn't good, so, so first of all, Mary's got this, like, major thing happen in her life that she can't explain, that she doesn't know what it means, and then, and then the angel carries on, and this, the angel starts telling her, you know, what her, the message is from God, and so she's already quite scared, but the angel says, No, the angel explains, sorry, that she's going to have a baby, and that baby is the son of God. So you're already quite scared. Then God goes, you're going to have a baby. That's not my plan. (laughs) What's going to happen? And then actually, that baby is going to be the son of God. (sighs) That's a lot, right? That's a lot to take in. But Jesus doesn't like leave her with the angel there. The angel doesn't go, I've done my job, I'm off. The angel stays and explains to her what that means. Now, I think there must have been so many questions going through in Mary's head at this point. Because, you know, like, this is such a change, such a different thing. And, you know, the first thing is that she asks is, well, how can this be? Because I'm a virgin. You know, she's, it must have been quite a scary thing. Because, actually, she was betrothed in marriage to Joseph, which has a slightly different kind of meaning as it to now how we I guess do courtship um but you know in Jewish times at the culture at that time there was like a three-step to getting married and the first one was like the engagement which is where the fathers would get together and they would um kind of have an agreement and the and the couple would be brought together and then the next stage was they would be betrothed and this is the stage that um, Mary and Joseph were in now betrothal is actually like a full-on ceremony where um, promises are made to each other. I guess it probably is quite similar to our kind of marriage service now. So, so the commitment that they've made to each other is, is quite a full-on commitment. It's not like just, oh, we might get married one day. It's like we're actually joined. Like that is part of like their experience. And so she's in this place you know, the next stage is that they, the, is the actual marriage service. That happens a year after you're betrothed. So you're, you're betrothed for a whole year where you're not actually married, but you've made these promises. So, so she's like, oh, how's this going to go down with Joseph? Like, I, I mean, that she must have thought that her life was like ended as it could be. Um, and so Jesus gives her the angel to just kind of explain some of the stuff. And what I found really interesting when I've thought about this in answer to that question of how can this be because I'm a virgin, actually the answers that the angel give her point to scriptures that Mary would have known. So when we read it, it just sounds quite like quite a nice thing. It's like, you know, you're going to have a child. It's going to be the son of God. You know, it's going to be the throne of his father, David. Like all this stuff would have meant something to her that maybe we don't pick up on. And so like... um, I think that's a really interesting point to understand that the context of the next bits that I'm going to talk through, this is stuff that Mary knew in her heart already, and she would have tied the two up. So by calling Jesus the Son of the Most High, 
The angel is saying that her baby wouldn't only be her son, but also the son of God. And what that means within that kind of culture at that time would mean that he would be equal to God, the son of God. By saying that the Lord will give him the throne of his father, David, the angel is saying that Jesus is the Messiah promised to David. Now, back in 2 Samuel 7, verses 12 to 14, God gives David a promise through the prophet Nathan. (coughs) Sorry, Nathan. And he says this. When your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. He, He is the one who will build a house for my name, And I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father and he will be my son. And then later on in verse 16, he says, Your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. By saying to her, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, Mary would have thought of Isaiah 7, verse 14, which says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Jesus chooses to send an angel to counsel Mary, and he does it in a way that uses her experience and her knowledge of what what she's heard through her scriptures and her beliefs to explain what's going to happen to her. And in a way that helps her to kind of come to a place, even though she's scared, even though everything's going to change, even though like the unthinkable is going to happen, she gets her to a place where the angel kind of tells her, do not fear, the Lord is with you. It's a heavenly being to counsel Mary to listen to her questions and help her think it through, to give her advice on what she needs to do next, and to help her to go on the adventure of her life. Meanwhile, across town, (laughs) Joseph's having a kip, and he's, he's like, he has this dream And an angel comes to him in the dream. We don't like have as much detail really about Joseph's experience, but he has a dream. And and the angel says to him, you know, Mary's going to have a baby. You just, you know, don't, you just go with the plan is basically what he says. (laughs) Go with the plan. You know, he's basically telling Joseph to do what he, not what he was going to do, like to completely turn around. Like Joseph was going to divorce her. Like, Mary would have been outcast. Or, like, you know, this was a massive change in their life plan. And what, God, what Jesus says through his angel, the counsel that he gives Joseph is, no, you go ahead with this. This is, this is what I have for you. This is the right way to go. And the angel gives him that confidence. And so we don't know what, as much about what Joseph felt about that, but his actions show that he was able to follow that and the couple could go together, on together into their life knowing that we were part of what God's plan for what they needed to do. You know, God's plan needed to happen in a certain way and he's sent this, these angels to counsel and to guide to make sure that that path is followed and that, you know, God's plan kind of succeeds. The world around them 
probably would have been like, no, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> What's happening? You know, society at that time, the religious leaders, their families, they would have, you know, most likely have not understood this decision. But they go ahead because they've had the counsel of Jesus. As I said before, I've never seen an angel before. But do I believe that if God needs to interrupt a life, Jamie, <laughs> in order to say, this is the way you need to go with an angel, he totally would. Or maybe a piece of paper. Or maybe a vision on the ceiling. You know? Or maybe through the, the way that you live your life, knowing that you need to step out of your comfort zone, given a prompt to move to do something, some kind of sign, some step forward that makes you go further on the adventure with God. I completely believe that's possible. <laughs> I do think there's another way that Jesus acts as a counselor, and that's through other people. So when Mary's had this experience, the first thing that she does is she <laughs> packs her bags and goes and sees Elizabeth. Now, I completely get that. Oh, Elizabeth's pregnant. Now, Elizabeth was old and she was infertile. It was not possible for her to be pregnant, yet she is. So Mary goes and sees her. She sees that she's pregnant and she's like, oh, this might be true. <laughs> Like, how often do we need things to be confirmed for us through other people? And this is what is happening right here. And the confirmation comes through the Spirit of God coming on Elizabeth and the baby inside her leaping for joy. How beautiful is that? <laughs> you know, she gets the confirmation that she needs that actually this really crazy thing that she's been told is going to happen to her could actually be possible. And that's amazing. We've talked a lot in church recently about another way that um, kind of God speaks to us, and that's through his Holy Spirit. I just realized that my pages were the wrong way around, so we're going back. <laughs> Hope that's okay. <laughs> because actually it's a really important point. There is another way, and that's the Holy Spirit. The power, we've talked loads about the whole power of the Holy Spirit in our lives in this church for a number of months now. But actually, like, the Holy Spirit also is our comforter and our guide and our counselor. And I just want to, like, there's a few bits in the, in the Bible that talk about this. And I'm just going to read a few of them out. So in John 16, uh, verses, um, verse 13, it says, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. In 2 Timothy 1.7, it says, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And in 1 John 2, verses 26 to 27, I'm writing these things to warn you about those who want to lead you astray. But you have received the Holy Spirit, and he lives within you, so you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. For the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know, and what he teaches you is true. It is not a lie. You know, for me, the Holy Spirit is the thing that makes life possible. It's the thing that Jesus uses to guide me, you know, and its presence makes me closer to God. And for Mary, knowing that she'll have the power of the Holy Spirit on her, you know, that's the thing that gives her the confidence 
to say, I am your servant. She's had it confirmed by the word of God through the words of the angel, and now the spirit confirms it within our heart. So yeah, anyway, we'll just move a bit further on again. You know, in my life, there's been countless times when I felt God speaking to me. I've read something in the Bible. Somebody's come and confirmed it to me. And I've, the Spirit has felt me, given me a confirmation within my heart that it's true. That happens. Those are the things that Jesus uses to counsel us. And if the story of Mary and Joseph shows us anything, it's that God will do absolutely everything that he can to make sure that you are on the right path with him. If you are following him, he will guide you in amazing and, like, unbelievable ways. And that's the thing that gives us confidence to say, yet not my will, but yours. Uh, When I was at university, I um, kind of went away from God a little bit. I never never stopped believing in him, but I wasn't going to church. I didn't really live my life for at least the first year. Let's just say I had a good time. Always happy to chat about it if you want to know. Um, uh, But I wasn't really in a very good place. And a friend of mine on my course, um, she was a Christian. She knew I was a Christian. She knew I'd gone for ages. And she was like, oh, please come to Christian Union. I really want you to come. And I was like, okay, I'll come. And, you know, I walked into the room, and the Spirit of God was there. And it was powerful. and And I was like, oh, this is amazing. And I knew that when I got home, I needed to just spend some time with God. So I was in my little box room, had a little step down, sitting on my step. Got, and I picked up my Bible for what must have been like the first time in months. And I heard in my voice, a voice in my head, it's the only time it's ever happened to me. It was really special to me because it's never happened again. I just heard read James. And I was like, okay, let's do that then. So I start reading James. And I stop at around uh, chapter 4, verse 8, which says, Come near to God, and God will come near to you. (laughs) And I sat there, like, I mean, the whole chapter is about coming back to God repeatedly to be like, God, this is, you know, this is the situation I've got myself in now. Please help me. You know, like, I've, I've, I've done stuff that isn't of you. Forgive me. Like, that's what that chapter talks about. And I did that. I repented of my sins. I asked for forgiveness and I worshiped him in my little box room. And then I went to my friend and I told her what had happened and we prayed together. And you know, that whole experience completely changed my life at that time. And suddenly, my experience of university, I mean, I still had fun, but not quite in the same way. Um, And so, um, but you know, like it changed my life at that time. And God chose to do that through his word, through the Holy Spirit, through an audible voice, and through my friend. In Advent, we have an opportunity to kind of remind ourselves of the influence we should be following. You know, this Advent, we are thinking about all of the characteristics of God. And we're doing that to prepare our hearts for a time where we can accept Jesus as a baby in the world that means so much for us in the fact that that God was willing to even do that and bring Jesus to this earth so that we could be here today. And so, you know, it's a time of year where a lot of 
a lot of things are happening. I mean, like, our diary is insane. I'm sure yours is too. And there's pressures for everything to be a certain way, to have everything that you could need. Like, that's all there. And we could get really caught up in that time and those influences. But actually, I think... What, we, what would be an amazing thing is if we could choose instead to hear God's voice and to think about him and make Christmas about him. And that's kind of my prayer of what this story tells us. You know, Jesus is right there ready to influence you in ways that will bring his kingdom and will move you to a place further towards the kingdom. And that is amazing. You know, I think we can take this time to bring our lives to him, our situations that we find ourselves in. You know, it's a time when we can ask him to interrupt our lives in the way he did for Mary and Joseph. I mean, maybe not an angel. I'm I'm kind of okay with that if I don't see one. But I do want to know if I'm heading in the wrong direction, that, that Jesus, I want to have that confidence that Jesus will come and make sure that I receive that note or I receive that conversation with a friend at the right time or somebody I've not heard from from ages just gets in touch with that little thing that I just need to hear. Like, I want that to happen and I want that to happen for all of us. You know, we want, I, like, I want Jesus to be for me the thing that shows me that listens to me and, and helps me work through my questions. The, the thing, the, the, the being for me that kind of gives me the advice. I don't want to figure it out on my own. And I want him to be the person who takes me on an adventure that I wouldn't do on my own. Thank you for listening. To find out more about Locking Castle Church, please visit our website at lockingcastlechurch.org.